Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. Today is May 1st. It was a tough week for the Buckos, but in the midst of a 1-5 record for the week, PNC Park saw the best game of the year on Saturday. So far. Certainly overshadowed, overshadowed by going 1-5 though. Uh, let, let's break it down. My name's Josh, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother, Jake. What's up, Jake? How are we doing, man? One of these days, I'm going to nail the intro. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. Uh, didn't nail it tonight, just like the Pirates didn't nail it this week. Yeah, that was rough. Milwaukee's going to be a problem. Oh, big time. Big time problem. Big time problem all year. I just would have liked to have gotten one. However, that last game, I was like, okay, just get one. We were entirely beat by Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah, 100%. So I was like, I guess if it's going to happen, I guess it can be. It can happen that way. I don't know why. Like, you know what I'm saying? Well, I guess because in yeah. the grand scheme of things, I'm not. we're not trying to make the playoffs anyway. Well, we're trying. But we don't the think it's going to happen. Yeah, but we, we don't think it's going to happen anyway. No, we don't. So I'm not sitting here like, oh, that's going to ruin. It's not. It's not going to ruin anything. So I guess in a 162-game season, even if we are, it's still not going to ruin anything. Being swept might, but... <laughs> so I guess that there's that. But weird, weird week. Yeah. Weird week. Um, uh, as far as me personally, we're still waiting. No baby yet. Yeah. So... Uh, it, it won't go past Thursday, so the next time you guys hear us, it will have happened because they've already got it scheduled to induce and all that stuff. So I'll be basically older next time we record. <laughs> I know it's not like it's well, it's kind of obvious you always are, but you f you know what I mean. Yeah, you feel a little older, but yeah. But other than that, for the Pirates, weird week. Um, just absolutely got blasted. I I don't know. Not really even blasted. Other than that first game, which was crazy, they were good, they were good games. You know what I mean? We were in them. Yeah. But and that's kind of that's kind of what we expect. You know. Right. Just coming You'll up. You'll be short. able to hang into some games, and then you're going to get blown away some games, and I don't know. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, it is. Well, let's go ahead and get into some Bucks Clippers here. We had, oh, this was an interesting one. We had Reynolds and Tucker go on the COVID aisle. We don't know, I don't I don't even care, like, what the situations were. Reynolds was back the next day. Yeah. So whatever their situations were, Tucker was a few days. Um, seemed like maybe he, maybe he was sick uh, because he kind of had to work his way back a little bit. Um, but anyway, Tukapita Marcano and Jack Sawinski were called up. Which was a thing of like, why them? Why are we calling them up? And I'm kind of like, well, my initial thought was like, well, because we're going to send them right back down. Yeah. So why, you know what I mean? Like, they're just, but the truth was, is they were just, they were on their way to Akron when they made this decision. And Indianapolis was in Iowa, was showing up in right. Iowa. So yeah, they're two hours away. To me, that's the very, I mean, they literally got a rental car. They got to Akron Got it, like got off the bus onto a rental car, and Sawinski drove him two hours to Pittsburgh. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. So that was the easy way to do it. And Sawinski, I mean, despite he's not like you know really great, but he's he doesn't look like he can't do it. Yeah, he his his first at bat, first couple of bats, he kind of looked. Yeah, you know, he had that look on his face, like this is this is big. And after that, he kind of settled down. And he started putting good swings on the ball. I and actually thought that it, the look on his face, I mean, other than the meme where he's like this, I actually <laughs> thought the look on his face was like he felt calm. Yeah. He was overmatched, but he felt calm. Yeah. I don't know, though. I felt like he's been putting good bat at bats together, and I just, I don't know that it that he just, the, the difference is also, Sawinski was on a tear. Yeah. Nine-game hitting streak, hitting over 440 during the hitting streak before he got called up. So he probably stepped in that batter's box with the most amount of confidence he could have. Yeah. So I guess that plays into it. If he'd have been struggling, it might have been a different story. Right. 
Tukapita Marcano hit a double the next day, right? Yeah. Gets his yep. gets his Pirates debut, um, but then he's already sent back down. But this was the interesting piece of that. Reynolds and Tucker back in 19 when Gonzalez, Eric Gonzalez ran into Starling Marte. That's how I say it. Um, <laughs> and both of those guys got hurt. It was an emergency situation. Reynolds and Tucker were called up. And they made their debuts on the same day. I went to the game. It was the Tucker with the with the storm. It actually only lasted five minutes, and it was a whole deal. But they made their debuts on the same day. And coincidentally, they go on the IL at the same time, three years later, and two people, not Marcano, but Bo Solcer, who'd already been called up, makes his mm-hmm. debut in the same game. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. A lot of fallen pieces. Yeah, I just I like that kind of stuff. But pretty cool. Solcer looked good. Two unearned runs would have been out of the inning. Um, yeah. And so like a weird kind of a weird thing there too. I think I remember texting you. <laughs> Dude's changeup is filthy. Yeah. Well, you know what? Filthy it is really cool right now. I mean, we have Will Crow, and then who was it that pitched against us a couple weeks ago? Whose changeup was just disgusting. They were pitching against uh, us, and I can't remember who it was. I mean, I know Hendricks has a good changeup. Hendricks had a good changeup, and his was really good against us, but I was thinking it was more recent than that even, but maybe not. Maybe it was the Hendricks changeup. Um, either way, uh, it's kind of interesting to see the changeup kind of getting back into the game where people have a really good changeup. Mm-hmm. It's been all velo, 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 and... Listen, hard and straight still gets hit, especially mm-hmm. now. 97 is nothing right now, unless you can locate. Mm-hmm. These guys are so used to 97, you've got to be able to change speeds and... Uh, Make the ball move. Yeah, absolutely. You got you to gotta know what you're doing, and you gotta, and you got to set it up right. You can get away with 97 if you can keep it up after you know showing different looks. Getting the change up or curveball, you know, anything off speed, even the slider. Well, we're seeing too a lot of low and away just locking guys up because they're assuming yeah. a break and they're and and everybody right now is so quote unquote patient mm-hmm. or what I will call passive. Yeah. Uh they they let those pitches go and you're getting locked up on the outside corner, caught looking. And gosh, I'm just so tired of I, we're running that into the ground, taking these pitches so much. Yeah, and and they're getting – it's almost like they're getting complacent, like just taking pitches. Like, dude, swing the bat. That pitch is right there. Yep. I can – and and you can you can tell the difference between when somebody gets fooled and when they're just not wanting to swing the bat at that pitch. I think I have a hard time sometimes because I just see a ball that might go right down the middle, and I think, what was wrong with that? Mm-hmm. And there are times my problem is why are you guessing curveball to begin with? I mean, that's like, dude, that's so early development to look fastball, adjust curveball. If there's no strikes, I'm totally fine with you saying this guy's going to throw me a curveball. I have a feeling. And then he throws you curveball. Manny Machado did it today against Mitch Keller. He was, he, he had an idea that Mitch was going to start off with a curveball because he was so fastball heavy the first time through. And he led him off with a curveball, and Machado barreled it up and smoked it to the outfield and and got an RBI on it. And it was like, he was guessing. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But that's not a two-strike approach. No, not at all. Never. It, to me, it's not a one-strike approach. If you have no strikes, you can guess curveball. Outside of that, Yoshi did it today. First pitch strike. I think it might have even been a foul ball. He actually swung at the first pitch. Second pitch, right down the middle fastball, and he took it. And I'm like, don't get to two strikes when they're going to do that to you. (laughs) I'm okay with you being patient with no strikes. As soon as you get a strike, if you just hit the second strike, then you never even get to two strikes. These are major league pitchers. They're going to punch you out when they get to two strikes, especially when you get punched out all the time. (laughs) Just stop getting to two strikes. Hit the ball. Things are going to happen. And you know what the problem is? Is everybody saying, yeah, but his average exit velo is... Give me a break. 
give me a break. I like exit velo as like a, as like a cool, um, I don't know what you call it. Like a, this guy mashes, look at this exit velo. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. But guess what? 77 off the bat can be a hit too. Mm-hmm. It's not like it, it's, they say average is 90. Well, that's average for a league where you only swing at a pitch you can murder. Right? They're not right. they're not chipping and slapping base hits. When somebody gets a base hit through the infield that's 85 miles an hour, people say, hey, I blooped one into the outfield. No. Like, that's a line drive. 85 is not <laughs> a weak hit. No. But, but our minds are fooled by the average exit velo is 90. I don't care. That doesn't mean the 85 isn't hit hard. Right. You can still hit a line drive. Like, that was the thing. I think it was just the other day. Uh, Reynolds got a base hit, and Chavis hit the home run to tie it. And I saw a tweet that said a bloop and a blast. I'm like, that was a line drive up the middle. <laughs> he didn't hit a bloop. He didn't reach out there and one hand bloop it way up in the air, and people were running after it, and it drops in. That's a bloop. Right. Yoshi's hit was a bloop. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. It was more of a, I mean, it was a little bit higher than a bloop even. <laughs> Yeah. It's just in no man's land. But still, same idea. He didn't hit it hard. But even then, like, a bloop, I feel like, has to be sub-70 miles an hour. Maybe sub-75. I I don't have a gauge on it. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I just felt like Reynolds got a nice line drive up the middle. He didn't do he didn't do too much. He slowed his swing down. He just hit barrel and said, I'm going to get this over the infield and drop it over the end of the outfield. If he would have hit barrel, he would have been out. Or if he would have hit a 90, he would have been out, I mean. Right. You have to be able to take something off your swing, protect the plate, and just hit a base hit. There has to be a way to simplify the game and still be good. Adam Frazier, for instance. Oh, but his exit velo is not very good. He might not last. Yeah, well, he's still hitting. You don't need good (laughs) exit velo to be a good hitter. You just need it to be a power hitter. Anyway, rant number one on the day. (laughs) Rant number one. Um, so let, let's just get through because we went through that stuff. Luis Oviedo was claimed off waivers. We, we mentioned that he was DFA. We kind of were saying that was kind of crappy because now, you know, somebody's going to take him and we just wasted a whole year of his career and of mm-hmm. our investment for nothing. And he went back to Cleveland who originally signed him. So whatever. Now he'll get like good attention. I don't know if like he can only be there for, well, I guess he's got three seasons. Cleveland will make him into something good. They do that well. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Brian Reynolds came back the next day. Kevin Newman went on the injured list. Like, did he already go on it? It says his roster status changed, but it doesn't say that he went on. Was he in the games? He was already hurt. No, he played. Okay. He left the game uh, against the Brewers. Um, on Monday, he's got a left groin thing. We're looking at like three to five weeks or I guess two to four now. Cause it's been a week, I, I suppose. Right. Yeah. So we're going to see a lot of Diego Castillo at short. And I don't see why you wouldn't like, he just feels like that's going to be it. Um, today was Tucker. You might see some more Tucker now that he's back too, but maybe a righty lefty kind of thing. Um, sure. Max Kranick optioned to, uh, Indianapolis. So he's now starting his, I guess he was already, oh, maybe he came off the IL and was optioned. Maybe that's how it is. I feel like that's it. It's no longer a, um, like a rehab. He's now optioned. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. Um, it says they sent Anthony Alfred outright, but I don't know if he's accepted that or is he, I don't, is he playing? I, don't, I haven't even paid attention to that. Yeah, I haven't noticed. Okay. So then Tukapita Marcano went back to the curve when Cole Tucker came back today. So, or yesterday. So, there you go. There's your roster moves and whatnot and who's there and all those things. More on that later because we're going to talk about the rosters and how they're shaking up and all that stuff. Uh, but but just so now that we've got that out of the way, let's, let's carry on with the games because um, Monday was the first time we scored four runs. After, right after we released this and talked about 8-0, when you score four runs, literally the day we release the episode, they score four runs and lose. I thought that was Tuesday. Didn't we have an off yeah, day? Yeah, we Monday? had an off day Monday. So the day after the first game back, I do this all the time. It was the so first game of the week, Newman, so I was going Newman to Monday. Went Newman out went out on Sunday. Tuesday. Sunday. Tuesday. Because Tuesday is when Sawinski got his debut. 
Yeah, Newman played in that game, and he came out of that game with the groin. Okay. Yeah. Yep. He played in that one, then went on the, then he was out the next day. Yeah. Okay. Um, and what did they do as a result? That's interesting. What did they do? Oh, Reynolds. Reynolds came off. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's the difference. Here we go. You want to go ahead and get this thing started? <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday was uh, was the first day that they decided. We talked about this. When was it going to happen? They used an opener. Dylan Peters started, and then they handed the ball to Wilson. And Jake, I know you're, I know you're going to cringe, but it worked. Yeah. Okay. I would have just left Peters in. But that's not what they're doing. I don't care what they're doing. I, I just don't. I, I, <laughs> eh, I don't like it. But if his idea. I mean, At least give him three innings. It's a game plan, though. The idea was for him to get through two innings. And for, the, for Wilson to be handed the ball at that point. That's what you go about preparation, about Wilson knowing exactly what he's going into because he's a starting pitcher. He's not going to come in if you if you send Peters out there and he struggles, then you got to put in another reliever to get him out of the jam and then go to Wilson. Yeah. And now you've used three pitchers. The idea was get Peters through the first two, which has been our trouble innings, one and two, and then go to Wilson. I mean, you can't argue with we went six scoreless innings. No, you can't. And I'm not. So it did work. Sure. We lost. But not because of those guys. No, we we actually lost because of Will Crow. Surprisingly, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I mean. And then Sam Howard really, he hasn't. He's he's not what we thought he was going to be. I mean, it's still early in his season. <laughs> yeah, but he's not. He hasn't been. Like it hasn't looked good for a while. You know what I mean? Like last year, like we saw the what we saw in really just twenty twenty. It wasn't a whole lot of games. Then last year, it, it was, I mean, it wasn't good. He had moments of it being good, but he ended with a 560 ERA. I mean, it wasn't wasn't good. I just don't yeah. think that he's what, we and we thought, oh, you know, that's down. He could bounce back from that. And he he just hasn't looked like it. it he doesn't have the same presence out there. That Wasn't it just in 2020, it was like the dude just threw nothing but sliders? And then I he started. So. Then he started throwing fastballs last year. I mean, maybe just go back to throwing nothing but sliders. <laughs> you know what I mean? You only need to get through one inning, bud. Yeah, and mostly lefties, which should be the idea. Well, you can't really do that as much anymore because you, which is good. You, you have to do that. I'm glad they did that. Mm-hmm. He had guys that were like, "This guy's amazing." I'm like, "No, he can't throw to righties." <laughs> <laughs> he sees one or two guys a game, and then he's done. But now you have to see three. I, I like that. You got to earn it a little bit more. You got to be a complete pitcher. But yeah, I like that. I, yeah, me too. But anyway, it's kind of a rough game. Uh, a rough, like you finally get your run in the sixth inning on on Wednesday. You know, you get the whole like the Peters and and Bryce Wilson get through six innings. They can only give up one hit. I mean, I just felt like it was good. Then Crow comes in. You have a really good feeling about the seventh inning, and then he kind of blows the lead that you just got. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you got with your only hit of the game. And then you don't get another hit. Well, to be fair, I mean, their bullpen is ridiculous at the back half, too. And that play that Colton Wong made on Hayes yeah. was unreal. Yeah. Colton Wong's always been awesome, like defensively. And he's always hit well against the Pirates. Yeah. For years and years and years. You throw a pitch, you're like, that's six inches inside. How in the world did he hit that over the wall? <laughs> and I just feel like he looks like he can't turn on a ball, and he always does. Yeah. And I just don't – he's a good player. Mm-hmm. Better – I mean, like, he's a great defender. But that shouldn't be surprising considering when you come up through St. Louis, man, you're going to be an all-around player. That's just the way that they – that's the way that they develop there. You're going to be fundamental. I mean, look at look at all the guys that have come up through there and been kind of like – I mean, I guess not Matt Carpenter, but – you know what I mean? Like yeah. he was always bad on defense, but you know, I mean, even just looking all the not way back to like in his career. Yeah, he wasn't. He was. He was always kind of like he's not great at defensively, because he was like he bounced from like second and then he went to third for a while, but then they were like, ah, oh, we just can't. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't. He wasn't. He was never a good defender, but he was a hitter. 
Yeah. But like Pujols was always great defensively, and Yachty, obviously, that's not even close. Their outfield right now is ridiculous defensively. You know, gold gloves all around, except for Dylan Carlson, who's only been in the league for two years, but looks yeah. like he could. Did you see that throw he made this week? 97. When he was playing center, 97, and just gunned him out. It was like, geez. But anyway, yeah, Colton Wong made a ridiculous play on that. I mean, that was a that was a big play in the game, too, because when we got that run, but then, then there was nobody on base with right. two outs. Yep. Yeah. But it's... Uh, when you when you get that far into a game and you you know you get a good you actually get now that was another game where when we're going to talk about this uh, next but when you start a guy and he only throws two innings it's impossible for him to get a win right more on that in a little bit uh, Yoshi still looks lost to me yeah uh, I'm, I'm with you there. down in the order a little bit on Wednesday still over two couple walks I'm not worried about the walks. The only reason he's walking is because they're throwing balls, not because he's taking pitches, because he's taking strikes too. So, yeah. So then fast forward to Thursday, where you get Quintana with a great start, goes five innings, only gives up a run, but you can't muster up uh, any runs. You do get Nine rid of strikeouts. Yeah. No walks. Yeah. Straight dealing. Man. Stratton the runs in the ninth. I, I like I like the way they bring in Bednar in that big moment. But man, Stratton's is not a ninth inning guy, I think. I think he does yeah. fine. I just don't think he's a ninth inning guy. Yeah, I think I think no matter what, with the bullpen we have, I think I think you just gotta save Bednar for the save situations. Yeah, I'm I'm having a really hard time with it in this scenario because I mean has if he goes two innings, it's a safe situation, right? And you know that right. you have a great like spot of the lineup coming up, and he was able to get through them. This Milwaukee lineup is it's good all the way through, really. So it does make it a little bit, you know what I mean? Like, where do you mm-hmm. go with it in that situation? Stratton's got to get you out of one inning, regardless. Yeah. I'd rather see Bednar against those guys. The problem is is just going to be this works. There's two ways to go. If you put Stratton in, in the eighth inning and he gives up the runs, then you never even get Bednar. Right. So get Bednar through the good players, and then you don't even, that way you actually get him. I, I think I, I just personally, I love what Crow's been doing, but I think he needs to transition to that late inning guy. I think we got to start, you know, pushing that. Like, you rather than going in multiple innings. Because right yeah. now his thing is multiple innings, right? Yeah. And, yeah. The only thing is, or the, the second piece of that, of, of bringing in Bednar early, is if he if he gets through that inning and we score a couple more runs, and you kind of negate the, the, I mean, a couple more runs wouldn't negate the save, but in those situations where you would negate the save, you would then say, no, don't send Bednar out again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So there's that whole thing where like I want Bednar in those meaningful moments right now. Well while you're if, talking about the Pirates being in a growth year. Yeah. If you put if you throw Bednar out there in the eighth inning and it's a one run game. Yeah. And he gets you out of the inning and then you score five runs and he finishes the game, that's still safe. Yeah, but do you let him finish the game there? I don't. He's been sitting now for no. for four runs, however long that inning took. Right. He's been sitting there. So don't let him finish because he's already sat. And if you don't let him throw any more pitches, you got him again tomorrow night. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I I, I, I agree with that. I I was just saying it still is a safe situation. Right. It's just, yeah, whether you choose to use it as that. Well, I think, I think this, the, the idea that like, I think we're, as we transition to this, I think we start to take a look at the fact that Bednar's got four holds. And you know what? Bednar gave up runs and didn't get a hold. He got a blown save. Yeah. You don't get a blown hold, right? You still get a blown save. So you're still going to get the idea of blown saves, but you're going to value that hold a little higher. As if it were a save. As if it were the same thing as a save. Because really, that's all it is. It's just not in the ninth, right? You know what I'm saying? He didn't close it out. So if you just value that hold, then... 
I think that's good. And multiple guys can get a hold in the, in the same game. And you go there. Well, Tony Watson just retired. Isn't he like the actual MLB like career leader in holds? Now that they transitioned to keeping track of that, which they haven't always, he was kind of the one to get the most of those, I think. I think that's what they said. I don't know how long they've been tracking it, but I think that we need to value that, especially when we're using Bednar in these situations. We're going to start saying, how was Bednar's year? And we're going to say, he had 32 whatever, and that's going to be a, a statistic that's going to combine saves and holds together. Yeah, I agree with that. You know what I'm saying? I know I will. Mm-hmm. When I look back at it, I'm going to say, he had this many you know, of this stat, or maybe just say holds and saves together, yeah. but they might, you know... As it goes, the baseball people might coin that to combine the stats and give it a a name um, like they do with everything. So I'll depend on them. Dude, my hip needs to pop. I'm really getting old. And I'm just sitting here like, it has to pop. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, rough. Rough in general. I mean, that's that's that was the McCutcheon game. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So he's the one that that, that got the hit that kind of – Open the game up there at the end. Or, well... Well, he had all three RBIs, didn't he? He had them all. He had the solo yeah. first pitch of the game home run, and then Quintana was a good after that. single. And then a two-run single, right. So, way to go, McCutcheon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, then San Diego comes to town, and this one was a little bit different. Um, obviously, Thursday's game got a little away from us there. It was good for a while. Pirates started off on top. But it's kind of hard Friday's to win game. a game with all Friday's game. Oh, so <laughs> terrible at this. It's kind of <laughs> hard to win a game with all singles. Yeah. Bullpen was not good. More Howard, more Hembry, Fletcher, all giving up runs. Thompson gives think, up four runs. Dude, Thompson's not. I know it's no, a long season. You're like, going to see it over the season. Go ahead. I did like Vogel back in the middle of the lineup. Yeah. Thursday. Yeah. It's the way it always two should be. Two for four. Two RBIs. You know, put him where he can drive in some runs with guys on. You, you know, Hayes is going to be on a lot. Yeah. I, I, I'm i still having a hard time with the idea of saying, well, he's a guy who's going to see a lot of pitches. His on base is going to be there. Yeah, he's hitting 292 right now. And he's walked. I guess he's now walked six times. Compared to 20 strikeouts, though. Yeah. I don't know. I guess he's walked six times now, so that is going up a little bit. Speaking of lineups a little bit here, I I just just now happened to think of this. We just wanted to hear what you had to say. Reynolds does a little scuffle right now. We all know he's scuffling. Why don't we put him back at the three-hole? It did seem that he came out of that in this series. A little bit, yeah. I mean, it felt like he came out. He's seeing like not swinging at bad pitches, which was his biggest thing. I mean, that was all mm-hmm. the strikeouts. He's swinging at balls in the dirt, swinging at high pitch. And he 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 really did lay off of those in this series. And then mm-hmm. it, as a result of that, when you're not chasing, you're swinging at better pitches. And we know that when he swings at good pitches, he's going he's gonna to hit them. Yeah. And we saw that this, in these games uh, Saturday specifically. I know that the, the walk-off was an error, but he, he stung it. Yeah, he did. You know what I mean? And the bloop, right? The bloop single that I'm calling a line drive in the ninth for Chavis to tie it up. Um, I just felt like he hit the ball well. Not in the ninth, in the eighth. He hit the ball well, and it did feel like he came out of that. But I see what you're saying. I don't think that Reynolds is necessarily like a long-term. Like I, I think he is a two-hitter. On this team, I'm not doubting you. He's a three-hitter. But I think... He's a two-hitter as, like, if you just were to say where would be best fit for Brian Reynolds, I think he's there in the two-hole. You know what I mean? And so I actually yeah. don't have a problem with this. I Like, when McCutcheon was here and we experimented with the two-hole, it felt weird because he was, a, he was the guy. Mm-hmm. And he was the guy in a lot of ways. I know Reynolds is our guy, right? But when this team gets really good, there should be another three-hitter in this lineup. I see. I, I'm. I don't. I think he's a. I think he's a three hole hitter. I mean, Key Bryan's been doing a good job in the three hole right now. I know you're not going to get the same power out of him, 
But I think that you're going to end up with, you know, whoever it is, whether it's a free agent guy that just completes the lineup or if it's like a, I mean, eventually down the road, you kind of see Nick Gonzalez as that kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? Shoot, if O'Neal Cruz is, uh, is, is tacking on average the way he did last year, then O'Neal mm-hmm. Cruz is, is a guy there. Of course, you know, we're not going to get into O'Neal Cruz right now. <laughs> Speaking of, we did say we were going to get into minor league stuff. Uh, this week's just been nuts for the two of us, so we did not get an opportunity to look into those guys. What would be really great is if we'd be able to get a guest of one of these guys that covers these minor league guys a lot and maybe bring mm-hmm. them in and get a minor league update. That would be the best for us. Um, just because like for me right now, you know, time it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just think that for him in, in major league baseball right now, I think a two spot is a good spot for him. Granted, he could hit three and hit it fine, but I just, you're going to knock me 20 to 25 homers on a really good team, I, I could, I mean, Neil Walker was a good, uh, he, I liked him in the four hole too, but he was a good two hitter and he was like a 20 homer guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it just depended on when, like what lineup we were sending out there for him. But anyway, yeah. we don't have a leadoff guy on this team. We have guys that are okay. Like when, against the lefties, I think Key Bryan does a fine job. Mm-hmm. And against righties, he does a fine job in the three hole. I think that he is just who he is. But yeah, ultimately, really if your team is really good, he's hitting like sixth. Five, six. I would even go five if you don't have a ton of power. You know what I mean? Or if yeah. or if you consider Reynolds as the power, that two, three, four, you know, with Key Brian kind of sliding into that either five or six hole spot, depending on how you build your lineup. I really think when your team gets really good, because you should be you should be six deep at that point. Mm-hmm. If you're really good, you should be six deep. Seven, eight, nine can struggle. That's fine if they play good defense, and then if you and then you have to pitch. Yeah, you know what I mean. But anyway, that's a good little thought. But I feel like he's out of it. I feel like what we saw in in this series specifically in these last two games, I think that you're going to see that turn a corner and going into this week where you have Monday and Thursday off. I think that's going to help a lot of things along too. Yeah. So. About the starters. Well, you know what? We didn't even talk about the game Saturday night. We, we spent too much time. Saturday night was the most exciting game of the year so far. In the midst of a, of a bad week, the most exciting game of the year. The catches by Marisnik. I wish I would have got to watch that game. Yeah. I mean, you get the one run in the first, and you're starting off on. You're like, let's go, let's go. And then the fourth inning, it's Manny Machado again. No, it wasn't. It was Machado. Machado got on. Hosmer hit the backside home run. Manny Machado hit the eighth inning homer. Yeah. But you had Michael Chavis, a big game. He gets the base hit in the first, gets things going. The Hosmer home run. Van Meter hits a double. Roberto Perez scores. Rob Perez scores from first. <laughs> and then, and then uh, Reynolds gets the... Uh, Reynolds gets the RBI to tie it, which was a speed play, right? That could have been a double play. Yeah. Reynolds beats it out. We get the run. Machado homers in the eighth off Bednar. You're kind of thinking, crap, that's it. But then base hit, home run. We're back in it. They score in the they score in the tenth. We score in the tenth. Very first hitter, Key Brian Hayes. And then the play down the line. Blew it by Hosmer. Hosmer should make that play. Uh, even if he does, I think you're in an okay spot, right? I don't know. Uh, I guess it could have been a double play, huh? I don't. I don't see it being a double play. Okay. Either way, it either, gets by he either, him. He'd either take the out at first, or he's going to get the lead runner, and then Brian Reynolds is gonna, not going to get doubled up there. Okay. So, I love the fact that they sent him. He could have got nailed at the plate. And you'd have had Reynolds at third with one out. Yeah. That is the ultimate, like, that's the easy button. Like, yes, I'm going to send him every time. Yeah, every time. Every single time. If he runs out of gas and gets thrown out, or if they just absolutely nail the throw, 700 miles an hour. That's what I'm saying. Game's tied. There's nobody out. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. 
But, dude, I mean, I'm not doing it justice. It was a very exciting game. So much. The Marisnik plays. I mean, everything was was just, it was just a great game. Yeah. Top game so far this year. Certainly PNC Park, 20,000 people, 20 plus thousand people. A lot of people at the game were tweeting and just, you know, just fired up. It was pretty cool. Pretty cool. Isn't that when they brought uh, Hoist the Kellers back? Yes, that's right. You know what? I love that. Welcome back, Hoist the Colors. I love it. Absolutely. If you guys don't know what that is, it's just a montage. It's from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Yeah. And uh, it's just like a video they play for the ninth inning. It's just better than all the other ones they play. So anyway, today was the 22nd game. And I think we're frozen on the video. So that's good. Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll be right back. How's that sound? Sounds great. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's Bridge the Number 2 Bucktober. Audio podcast available on your favorite podcast platform. Video podcast available on YouTube. Follow subs, likes, comments, replies. All that helps. Talk to us. We'll be right back. And we are back, and for those of you on YouTube, we're here, hopefully, because the first whole segment of this thing did not work. My OBS crashed, and I basically have no video of it, so I will import the audio. You, I won't have to tell you what I will do, because you've already heard that part, so whatever, but we're here now, hopefully, that things don't crash again, and if, they, if you're not seeing us move, then things crashed again. <laughs> And we are just doing audio this time. So that's great. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's keep moving here. Swearingen Bat Company is Ohio's premier wood bat company specializing in custom wood bats to meet any need from T-ball to senior league. Check out their website at swearingenbaseball.com. Link is in the show notes. Twitter and Instagram is at Swearingen Bats, and you can find them on Facebook as well. Guys, if you're in the market for a nice wood bat, this is the place to go. Decently um, local to Pittsburgh as well. So, all right, so let's talk about the pitching here. Uh, 22 games into the season, we still do not have a win by our starting pitchers. 1988 Baltimore Orioles actually started off the season 0-21. And, <laughs> and in their 22nd game, they won, and the pitcher got the win. Yeah. So we've had nine wins, and none of them have gone to the starting pitcher. They had one, and it was the starting pitcher. (laughs) 1988, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Cal Ripken played on that team. Fred Lynn. Like, that was like, it's when you look back and you say, those guys all played, and they were 0-21? It's crazy to think about. Yeah. They ended up trading for Kurt Schilling that season. Really? Yeah, now they still lost 107 games, but. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the only question I have for this is how long does it go? I mean, how we long? start using openers. <laughs> true. <laughs> That's very true. Dude, I don't know. I mean, this thing I could really go. Don't. It can go for a while. It really can because our pitching is just not. I mean, we've shown it. We've tried to get guys through the lineup a third time, and it just hasn't hasn't been good. So we did see five innings from Keller today, and then we said, uh, okay, his day's done. I remember saying, like, hey, Keller was really good today. Um, mm-hmm. And then we're going to get into him here in a second. But And then all of a sudden he goes out there for the six, and I'm like, hold the phone. He has been good. <laughs> and finished the sixth inning as well. And you really kind of thought, like, they're not going to, like, they're, even if we get one run, he's still not going to get a win. Yeah. And Musgrove was absolutely dealing. And you just didn't feel like you were getting two runs. So, right, dude, Musgrove is so good. I know that this team, the offense is not good right now, but also Musgrove was good. His breaking stuff was nasty. His slider was nasty today. Yeah. So, two strikes. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, Quintana starts on Wednesday against Detroit. I don't think they've announced, but, dude, we're coming up to a weekend where we have four games against the Cincinnati Reds. 
it has to end there. We should see Keller. It has to. We won't see Quintana, but we should see Keller. We should see Brubaker. We should see uh, Wilson and uh, Thompson against them. I don't know what order. I'm not pretending that. I just was naming them. Right. And I think it ends against Cincinnati. Even if it's five innings. Yeah. I think it ends. I think we get some early runs in one of those games, and one of those guys goes five innings, and it ends, and we get a win finally. Okay, you got four of them. Make a pick. I'm Keller will say... be, let me see. So it, uh, Detroit is Quintana. So it's Wilson Quintana. Okay, so that means that Keller will go one of the doubleheader games, right? Yeah. I'm trying to look at it myself. Sunday, he might, they might, yeah, he'll go on Saturday. Probably, uh, no, I think he'll pitch on Sunday. Really? They give him a full week? Well, that, that's true. I'm looking at games and not days yeah. right now. Yeah, he'll probably, I, I would guess the nightcap. They'll probably have a spot starter throw that first game. Because they get an extra, they'll get an extra player for that day. That's a good point. Brubaker threw the game before him, so you would think, or maybe you go Brubaker Keller on Saturday. You've got enough days to do it. Sure. So I don't think they would even need to use a spot start there. It's true. The only problem with have- that is you have uh, you have Bryce Wilson who goes on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday. He's got four days rest and pitches Sunday. That'd be okay too. Yeah. So even that would be fine. And especially if you use your opener on Sunday or something like that, then you kind of take the load off of Wilson or something. You know what I mean? However, they're going to use that, whether it's going to be all the time or whatever. So pretty good guess that you have Thompson going Friday, Brubaker Keller on Saturday, and then question mark on Sunday. I say it happens Saturday. Just because Thompson hasn't been good, yeah, I I think I, I'm with you on that. If I think it's I think it's Saturday. Yep, I'm I'm gonna go Saturday. So which one is it, Brubaker or Keller? Keller. Just to be different, I'll go Brubaker. I think he starts the morning or the afternoon game, and I think he just does it. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I don't necessarily really believe in Brubaker, um, yeah. I think it ends in the weekend. Wouldn't it be funny if it just ends on Wednesday with Quintana or something? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking about. You think it ends there? It's a one o'clock game at Detroit. Mm. Got a lefty on the mound. So I go get the Pirates better lineup. That's a great. That's a great thought. So as I say, in my opinion, we have a better lineup against lefties because because Yoshi's not playing. Yep, you have (laughs) Chavis in the game. Keep Brian Hayes leading off. I would love to talk about Yoshi. I feel like we're running out of time, and I'm not going to go down that path. I'm So I'm going to go Wednesday. Quintana gets the win All right, against Detroit. So Mitch Keller started really good today, but not so good on Monday. I'm, I'm just still waiting on him. That's where I'm at. Yeah, he's definitely showing this year that his stuff is better. Yes. That he is a better pitcher. When he chooses to pitch the 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 way he's best, and it's just it's weird for me because some days he'll go fastball heavy, aggressive. Let's get ahead of these guys. Let's punch them out. And other days it's like he just he doesn't attack the hitters. Like he almost toys with them, and then then he loses them, and then he gets hit. It's just yeah, go after your guys. Yeah, be more aggressive. You're better when you're aggressive. Mitch Keller. Yeah, I think some of the things, and I think we talked about this before, but I think some of the things mm-hmm. that kind of bug me is when he questions like, yeah, I'm not really sure. I felt like I pitched really well. Yeah. I really want you to have answers when you struggle. If you tell me you missed a couple spots or this pitch wasn't working, so we stayed away from it as, as long as we could. To mm-hmm. me, like, listen, I understand you go out there some days and one of your pitches isn't on. Absolutely. Like, that. I that's not strange. Even for a major league Mm -mm. pitcher, that's not strange. So I'm okay with that. But when you tell me you don't know why, that's the one where I'm like, dang, dude, you got to know why. Yeah. So You got to tell us something. I got to have something. Because if you don't know, then you don't know how to fix it. Right. I hit that spot and he hit it. 
Well, that's actually okay. Except yeah. you didn't hit that spot. If you throw an 0-2 right. fastball in the strike zone, you didn't hit your spot. Our baseball coach used to tell our guys, you run poles if you throw an 0-2 strike. Yeah, and I think that's a little bit of an older <laughs> older mentality. Kind of. Look at these guys. They're st- if, you know, an 0-2 fastball can't not touch black. It's either got to be a ball or on the black. Well, this was we're talking up and down. It was center cut, top of the zone. That's not a terrible pitch. That's got to be above you the zone. you got to elevate it a little bit more if you're going to go center of the plate. It's got to be above the zone, yeah. Yeah. Because, they, they, I mean, the zone technically now is belt. So. That doesn't even make sense. That's the best pitch ever. You look at a K zone on a game. I, I know. That top of the zone is at the belt. I know. I understand that. Maybe, and and that's what they're saying. Button. They I think belly button's the rule, but yeah. It's got to be higher than that. Well, I don't think it. It's, I mean, the yeah. strike zone has shrunk. Yeah, I don't, I don't think this is back up to where it was. I don't think this is the time for that discussion. I but, know. uh, all right. So let's la- let's get into our last thing. Uh, last thing on Mitch Keller, actually, real quick. He was good today. Yeah. In order good. to in order to be complete, we've got to see several of those in a row. Yeah. That's what we're waiting for. We're not waiting yep. on better pitches. We're not waiting on velo or spin rate or anything like that. I'm literally waiting on multiple results in a row. Several of them. Yep. Not two, not one. We need a string. Give me a month where your ERA is around three, and I'll say, now's his breakout season. Mm-hmm. Now And then you can struggle and then go back to being good. That's what I'm waiting for. I'm excited about this season for Mitch Keller. I think it's going to be, in the end, we're going to look at it and say, what growth? Look mm-hmm. at his July, August numbers. You know what I mean? Even if his September numbers dip, you can say, well, yeah, but he was getting worn down. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Waiting for a bunch of them. That's what we're waiting for. Yep. All right. Tomorrow, or today for the listeners, uh, which, who knows, they might not even announce it until Tuesday, the way that Pirates social media is. Um, they cut it down to 26. There is up until the end of May, they can still carry 14 pitchers. So I'm guessing they're going to carry 14 pitchers. Absolutely. Especially right now, the way the starters are going, they're going to have to. Mm-hmm. So your pitching options are DeYoung, Fletcher, Solcer, Yohore, right? Maybe one of those guys, they got 15 right now. So one of them has got to go at least. Yeah. And then your position player options, Diego Castillo, Cole Tucker, Josh Van Meter, which I believe would be a DFA, and Jack Sawinski. So to me, the easy button is Sawinski, Yohore. That's the simple way to do it. Yeah. We cut down to 12 position players, 14 pitchers. Unfortunately, in that scenario, Fletcher's gone. Solcer is a starter who's there. I think he's a starter. I think he's only started so far. I think so, yeah. You would think he would be the first to go down, but I really think they... Yohore struggled so much. I think they should... I mean, Fletcher has two, but I think you have more of a future plan, of the even of the three. The future plan right. is Yohore. And then yeah. Fletcher can go down whenever Bondo comes back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Solcer can go down when Underwood comes back. Unfortunately, that still keeps DeYoung on the roster until the end of May. And then if he's still good, you make your call on that. I don't know what his options are. Newman's still out for three to five weeks. So I think two of these guys eventually are gone. I think Diego's staying. I do too. I really do. Uh, Earlier on, I thought, man, maybe he'll go down whenever all this changes. I think he's staying. Mm -hmm. And the reason I think that is Sawinski's an easy send down. You know what I mean? Three full options. Mm -hmm. He's just getting a cup of coffee here. He'll go back to double A even. Double A is only yeah. not because he's in double. I think he's good enough for triple A. He's in double A because they want to. They want him to play, and we just got so many outfielders. We're trying to figure out that he's yep. getting more playing time in double A. So with that said, is it the easy one? Sawinski goes down, and we keep doing this dance, or do you keep an actual outfielder? And have we seen enough of Cole Tucker? Ooh. Or is the reason Josh Van Meter is getting a lot of playing time? is because it's now or never for you, buddy. And if those right. if those several games in a row were Josh Van Meter's chance, do you then say, 
Now we DFA him. It was a thing we did. Now somebody else can have him. And we're going to keep doing this with Jack Sawinski. Because the, I'm telling you right now, the easiest thing they could do is send Sawinski down. Yeah. And I think it's the, I think it's the right move. You think that's the right move? Okay, so I the do. next question is, is that just the right move for Sawinski, right? Right. That's I, a good I point. I think it's the right move all the way around. Because I, I don't know. I, I think I think Van Meter has... I think he's got a little bit in the tank. Um, yeah. I, I Man, I'm I like his swing. You do? Mm-hmm. You just like the fact that he put one in the river when he was playing with the Reds? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, no, I'm i not. I, 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 don't. I don't think he's. I, I don't. I don't. And defensively, I'm not impressed. I just have a hard time with it. No, I mean, I'm not impressed with him, but I, I think he's fine as a bench player. I well, but unfortunately, he's starting. Well, right, but once we get everything in the right place, I don't think he needs to be a starter. I think Sawinski stays because he's an actual outfielder. And I would Very much well rather... Could. I think if Cole Tucker's going to stay on this team, he's got to be playing infield. Yeah. And if Sawinski I, I goes down, what, then we keep doing Cole Tucker in right field. It's going to keep happening. I, I don't day. like moving everybody around. I know. I think there's. I think there's something to be said for the guys who can do it. And I think there's a place on almost every major league roster for at least one, maybe two guys that can do it. I I don't like this. We need more versatility through the whole organization. You don't. You get your guys in your positions and you play them there. You have a few guys who can sub like Josh Harrison did before he found a position. Okay. He's, he's He's a backup bench role player and he can play anywhere. Your starters aren't guys that can play everywhere. Josh Harrison settled into a role out of necessity. Boom. He's going to slot in here. He's got to play every day. He's our second baseman. He quit moving around a lot once he became our second baseman. Adam Frazier. Adam Frazier. And contrast that with a guy like Sean Rodriguez, who never earned that type of playing time, but still could bounce around. Right. Yeah. And and Cole Tucker is just not that. And it's, and it's different if it's, it's different with a guy like, uh, uh, O'Neill Cruz, who may pro typic may uh, profile as an outfielder later on. Well, right. They're not trying to move him all around. No. no they played him in like left field and shortstop. I just feel like that's a waste of that arm, man. He's got to be in right field. We're not getting into him right now. Gosh, I just I want to mind, see him start I would mind bombs. seeing them. I would not mind seeing them keep Jack Swinski around. Yeah, I think I like the kid. I I think he's I think he's good. He's he looks confident. The one thing that we have to remember is this is not this is not what it was. There was a there was a long time that when you were a rookie, you had to earn a starting job. You mm-hmm. would get called up and you would be a bench player behind the guy. And then you would work your way into that role. And then that kind of went away with service time and all that kind of stuff, right? And we started saying, no, you're going to develop in the minors. And then when you're ready, you go. And right now, there is a lot of development that continues to happen at the major league level and not just with the Pirates. This is very common right now to continue to develop players at the major league level and yeah, you still have a lot of guys that are coming up right away. But this is a this is a common thing in in uh, you know listen to them talk. There's a lot of development happening at the major league level again. Yeah, and they're doing it not by uh, not by keeping them on the bench and developing them, but putting them into games and letting them develop at this level. Yeah, and I think that that could be a Jack Sawinski situation. He's already here, and yeah. maybe if it gets so bad. You send him to AAA, and you bring up Smith and Jigba or Travis Swaggerty if they get going. And then you let Sawinski go back down and let him get hot again. Let these guys kind of get a cup of coffee in the majors and start to develop at this level. Yeah. To me, that makes more sense right now than keep than, than putting Cole Tucker out there. Because right now, you have a Cole Tucker who you're saying – Regardless of the dude, right? Because we all know, I've said this before, I've talked about it a bunch, I like the dude. Right now, I'm not liking the player. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, you've got to perform. 
I root for him because of who he is. Because oh, not not even who he is, like because he's fun. Because he has yeah. the ability. If he plays well, he could be electric. He could be, you know, getting a lot of attention. All of those sort of things that 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 result in you know fun things. Baseball's yeah. supposed to be fun, right? So he's one of those guys that would be fun if he's playing well. Yeah. Uh, you know, just a whatever. But the baseball isn't happening for him. And it isn't happening because he's not hitting. If you want a guy to hit, stop making him practice eight different positions. Right. I have to say eight to make it sound like it's more than what it is. But the thing is, is like you're putting him in the outfield and you got he's worried about outfield. He's kind of trying. Outfield at PNC Park is not easy, no matter if you're in right or left, for different reasons. And then right. to go to other fields, I mean, he he was he shied away at Wrigley on a ball that was like, yeah, it's a brick wall. Absolutely. <laughs> He's not used to running into walls, period. Right. So there's a lot of things. And, dude, I would just much rather see him play short and second only and then work on your hitting because you're not doing that at all. Right. I mean, the, the pitches he's swinging at. You have no chance to hit those pitches. Yeah, uh, he's got to be he's got to be working on his offense because if you can't hit right now in this league and especially for this team, you can't play. You can't play. This team needs offense. So, uh, you know what I mean. You need all this team the way it is because we don't have an offensive like even Brian Reynolds like because we don't have a guy who we don't have a, a mix of of like the Reynolds Hayes the way they are. We don't have a big. Vogelback isn't showing up as a power hitter yet. Dude, right. I could I could afford Vogelback to drop his batting average by 20 points to start hitting bombs. <laughs> I know that he's hit some, right? Yeah. But like I want more than that. I guess I'm maybe being a little bit picky and thinking, but I just feel like it's not you know, you don't have a damage a lineup that's going to do damage. You got to have a little bit from everybody. And that's yeah. a hard thing to do in the major league level. You've got to have some guys to do more damage. Guys like Yoshi ain't getting it done when you have one extra base hit. Right. I mean, that's... That's bad. That's bad. So I'm saying either you say, Tuck, you're going to figure it out somewhere else. Or you say, Josh Van Meter, it was fun. Or actually, it wasn't. <laughs> this You can try something else. Yeah. Because you have... If you're saying we want to see more of Cole Tucker, then you, we can't keep starting Josh Van Meter at second base. And right now, Diego's got short. And I think Tucker's going to get some time at short against against righties and everything. But when Newman comes back, I mean Van Meter's gone anyway. Yeah. I say, I say that you keep this Diego Castillo thing going, but then he can play a lot of second too. You know, Chavis will get some time at second because you know they're not giving up on Yoshi because they quote unquote spend money on him. Dude, four million dollars right. is nothing at the major league level. Let him go. I mean, it's not going to happen. They're not going to let him go, right? It's in our best interest if he figures it out. I get it. Whatever. It's frustrating to watch. I think you let him figure it out by taking a week off and putting Mike, Michael Chavis, who's actually doing really well right now, just throw him to the wolves, man. Yep. See what he can do. Let him figure it out against righties. Anyway, play Cole Tucker more often, but tell him he doesn't have to play the outfield. Just work on your hitting. If that's what you want to do. When Newman comes back, Maybe that's enough time. If Cole Tucker plays enough, maybe that's enough time to make a call on him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, dude, we're getting there with you, man. It's about time to make a call. And I think Cole Tucker actually has an option. Send him clear to double A. Let's see what happens if confidence happens. Yeah. If he can hit at double A and build some confidence, maybe figure something out. But if he goes to double A and doesn't hit, then you know. (laughs) Yeah, it's done. You know what I'm saying? Either way, I would I for me it's Josh Van Meter. I think if they go the easy route and the frustrating for me route, it's Sawinski gets sent down tomorrow. It was and it's fine for Sawinski. It really is, right? Development will be fine for Sawinski. Yeah. But f- for the for the fan and even for the team, I'm kind of like, dude, let's just let it be Van Meter. And you know what? That opens up another roster spot. You're going to need that when some of these guys, there, there's some pitchers that are going to be coming off the 60-day. There's going to You're going to need a spot for them. You're going to have to figure something out for that. I don't really know. Those things I know work themselves out. There's plenty of guys that could go when those guys come back, Fletcher, DeYoung, all those guys. That's fine. 
but it is kind of yeah. it is kind of frustrating. I mean, to me, it's got to be Van Meter. I, I, I've seen enough. I can't disagree. I mean, but but I am I at the play. The only reason that that I that I haven't seen enough of Tucker is because we drafted him and we, you know what I mean? Like you'd kind of like to, I'll give you more time than I'll give a guy that we just signed on opening day. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it was a little bit, he was a little bit before, right? Opening day was, was Marisnik, right? And nap. Yeah. So he yep. was a little bit before that, but that's where I'm at with it. But we'll see what they do this week. Two guys will be sent down. Boy, it'd be something if they, if they go with 13 and 13, and and Yohore and Fletcher both go, but I don't see that happening. I don't the know. way our pitching is going, they're going to have to carry fourteen. Yeah, I'd All like right. to see Yohore go down and get get some starts. Yeah, and I mean he has some work to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's still super young. Like he's fine. I'm not yeah. really worried about what we've seen from him. I, I just think he's outmatched. I think he's still got some work to do. Right. All right. Anything else? Uh, crazy week. This is going to be another crazy week. Like I said, um, you know, baby's coming this week, guaranteed. Yeah. For me. So, uh, weird one. Couple days off this week, guaranteed. I will be using those days off to be silent. See what's going on. Thursday is a good day to have off because that will be a last thing that will be, that'll be baby day. Yeah. I like that day off. Maybe we'll go in Wednesday night or something. That'd be cool. Anyway, Monday off, Tuesday, Wednesday against the Tigers in Detroit. And then I think we go to Cincinnati. Is that right? We're all on the road this week? I believe so. That is right. We are in Cincinnati. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, Cincinnati. Good good time for offense to open up uh, at Great American Ballpark. Not only that, but against the team who is, what are they right now, 3-19? and Wow. Yeah. I believe they are 3 and 19. Let me I'm double checking this right now for those of you listening. They don't play tomorrow, so of course that makes it very easy for me to find them. Yeah, they're 3 and 19. Yeah. Also, worst record since the 1988 Royal Orioles that we were just talking about. That's the last team to be worse than 3 and 19 after 22 games. Well, they were on what an eleven-game losing streak. Yeah, dude, it's those are rough times. Yeah. I think now is the first time that somebody released their uh, like projections for the standings, and the Pirates just jumped up to fourth at the end of the year. <laughs> 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 they finally put the Reds all the way down. Uh, it's it's bad. Joey Votto trying out some kind of hockey puck grip. I don't know what's going on. I guess he just gave up on it because he's hitting like 120. <laughs> Some kind of like the bo- the bottom of the barrel or something had like they they were calling it a hockey puck grip. Probably just because he's from Canada. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Tigers are decent. Split with them. And really, you should take three out of four from the Reds. But unfortunately, they're probably going to finally figure something out. That's our luck. Yeah. Honestly, when you have anytime you have a four game set, it's like three out of four would be really great, but that'd be really great. So splitting is okay. Anytime you're a two game series, you know, uh, same thing. Two the two game series and a four game series is kind of crap because then you say like, oh, I'd be happy if we split. Anything else like because then you're either sweeping a team, or you're taking three out. It's a lot easier to win two out of three than three out of four. Yeah. So. Maybe we'll win three out of four and lose a game 21 to nothing. (laughs) I'd be happy with that. I'd be okay with it. You know what I mean? Go ahead. I saw somebody the other day said something about a win or whatever, and a Cubs fan or whatever put 21 to nothing. How's it feel? And I'm always like, I don't even care. Right. How about taking one game out of a four-game set? How do you feel? I don't care that you scored 21. That's exactly I'd rather win more games. Anyway. All right, guys, uh, looks so far like the video for the second half worked. So definitely a plus that the video worked. Gosh, dude, just absolutely, absolutely (laughs) frustrating. And I know why, and I know this has happened before. I'll reinstall the program 
It's the way that I reinstalled it. I think that's it. I think that's what's going on. All right, man. Until next week. Yep. Let's go box. Let's go box. Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck. Cannonball coming. And let's go, Bucks.